Amen. Well, it is a delight to be here with you this morning, and I just am very grateful and thankful for this opportunity to open the Word of God and to be a challenge here for you this morning. Um, I am very thankful for this school and the impact that it has had in my life. Uh, I sat in the same seats that you are sitting in and gone through many of the same classes, and I'm just so grateful now, uh, having been graduated and in the ministry, just how the Lord used my time here to prepare me for that. And let me just encourage you to enjoy these days while you have them. They uh, actually do go pretty fast. You'll get to the end and think about how fast it goes. Now, I know it's really hard to say this during the middle of the nine-week block, but uh, it is true. Uh, that uh, these are just great days of opportunity, and you will look back and really appreciate all that the Lord had for you during this time. Um, I just want to introduce my wife, Sarah. She's here in the back there, and we have, God's blessed us, uh, with two children, little Jonathan and Liana, and uh, we're just grateful for the Lord's gift in that way, and uh, we're just thankful for the opportunity as well to serve in the ministry there at McQuanagle Baptist Church, and we're excited about what the Lord is doing there. Take your Bibles and turn to 1 Thessalonians chapter 4. First Thessalonians chapter 4. Definitely have a burden that I sense God has put on my heart to give to you this morning. And I just truly do uh, seek to be an encouragement and a help for you. Um, I know what it is like to be in your place. And uh, just want to be encouragement and a challenge for you uh, here today. Now as we look at scripture it makes it very clear that the last days would be characterized by an unfaithfulness to the truth of God's Word. Um, in many ways, there would be a char that characteristic of unfaithfulness to the truth of God's Word. In 1 Timothy chapter 4, in verse 1, it says, Now the Spirit speaketh expressly, that in the latter times some shall depart from the faith, giving heed to seducing spirits and doctrines of devils. We see this truth in other passages as well, that there will be this characteristic of the last days is that it's a departure from the truth, a departure from the faith. And my heart has been broken many times to hear of people I know or have been connected with to see them depart from the truth that they once received, to depart from and be unfaithful with the truth that they have been given. And there is today, and I am seeing it more and more, just such a confusion about the truth. A confusing of what the truth is. An unfaithfulness to the Word of God. Uh, maybe a blurring of what is right and what's wrong. And that goes right along with the characteristics of the last days that we are living in. And apart from the mercy of God, certainly God is able to overturn all that. But apart from God, that darkness and confusion of our day will only increase. The devil's going to do more and more to blind people from the truth. I want to read here 1 Thessalonians chapter 4 and verse 1. Look at that verse here with me this morning. It says, Furthermore, then, we beseech you, brethren, and exhort you by the Lord Jesus that as ye have received of us how ye ought to walk and to please God, so ye would abound 
more and more. My challenge for you, the next generation of Christians, of leaders in our churches, uh, is that instead of falling prey to the departure of the truth in the day we live in, and the confusion of the last days, that rather you would abound more and more in the truth. The title of my message this morning is Abounding More and More. From the example of the Thessalonian believers, I see three truths that are helpful for us in a day of compromise and departure to stay faithful to the truth. And may God help each one of us here this morning to grab a hold of these truths. And may it encourage us to be faithful, to live for God, to always abound more and more. Let's see here, first of all, that I want us to see that the Thessalonians, they received the truth. They received the truth that was given them. It says, uh, Paul here is writing, Furthermore, then we beseech you, brethren, and exhort you by the Lord Jesus, that as ye have received of us, how ye ought to walk and to please God, so ye would abound more and more. There's an aspect here of receiving the truth that has been given. And the Thessalonians, they received that. Paul here had sent, in chapter 3, we see Paul had sent Timotheus to perfect that which was lacking in their faith. Now, if we think we've arrived and we're, we're all good, you know, we have some blindness in our eyes. But Paul had sent Timotheus to the Thessalonians to perfect that which was lacking and to teach them how they ought to walk and to please God. And they received this truth. They received what Paul was instructing them. And Timothy and others were instructing them. They received the truth. They received the truth with the right kind of heart and attitude. You know, they had a heart to receive the truth. They had that kind of desire. They didn't resist. They weren't critical of what was given them. They weren't manipulating the situation to get their way. No, they received the truth that was given to them. We see that in several other passage, verses leading up to chapter 4 and verse 1, how they received the Word of God. There was an attitude of embracing the truth that was given them. And I wonder today, is that a picture of your life? Of embracing the truth that you've been given. Instead of trying to stiff arm it or trying to, uh, you know, resist it in some way. Do you embrace the truth that you are being given? Do you embrace the truth of God's word? They received it with the right kind of heart. And let me tell you, uh, now that I have a little boy that's two and a half, and you've probably heard the phrase, the terrible twos. Well, we're right in the middle of that. And there is a delight in my heart when I sense in Jonathan the right kind of heart to receive what I'm instructing him. You know, when he's done something wrong and I try to teach him and tell him what's right, you know, there's times where he's turning his head and not listening, but there's times, and I delight in these times, when he listens and when he says yes and obeys, and I can tell his heart is receiving what I'm given. That needs to be our attitude and our heart to receive the truth. But also, they had the proper attitude. And I just, this struck me here. Um, you know what? There is a certain kind of attitude that we need to have towards the truth. Look in 1 Thessalonians chapter 1 and verse 6. It says, As ye became followers of us and of the Lord, 
having received the word in much affliction with joy of the Holy Ghost. Oh boy, the, the, the hearing the truth and receiving it ought to be a delight to us. It ought to be a joy to us to hear the word of God and to be instructed in it. Now, so there's some great application that we can take from this. You know, are you thankful when somebody corrects you? Are you thankful where, when a room leader or a, a staff member says, you know what, this needs to change in your life? Do we have this attitude of joy, of receiving the truth, the right kind of heart? That is so important. If we are going to abound in the truth, we have to receive it. But also they receive the truth as from God. Look at 1 Thessalonians 2 and verse 13. It says, For this cause also thank we God without ceasing. Because when ye receive, there it is again, the receive the word of God, which ye heard of us, ye received it not as the word of men, but as it is in truth, the word of God, which effectually worketh also in you that believe. You know, God was not specifically speaking to the Thessalonians. He was using vessels. He was using instruments to impart to them the truth and the way that they were supposed to live and to uh, please God. And they received the truth as it was from God. They didn't think, oh, that's just a man. I don't need to listen to him. That's not that important. No, they said, this is from God. They received it as from God. And that ought to be the attitude that we have when we receive the truth. And we ought to be grateful for those that God places in our life to show us the truth. We ought not to resist them. We ought to embrace them because that God is using them. Now, I wonder here this morning, are you a receiver of the truth? Does that depict your life? One that receives the truth. Do your teachers, do others in your life always constantly have to be battling with you to receive what they are trying to teach you? Do they have to say it ten times before it actually sets, uh, hits home? Are you a receiver of the truth? How do you receive instruction? And then just in a broader sense, is there an earnest desire in your heart for the truth? You know, we live in a day of the truth is just nebulous. It's confusion in many ways. Thank God we have the Word of God and the Holy Spirit. But you know what? Is there an attitude in your soul that you want to know the truth, that you delight in the truth, that you desire it? That ought to be our attitude here this morning. So we see, first of all, they received the truth of God's Word. Having this proper reception of the truth will result in transformation. And that's our second thing I want us to see here this morning from the Thessalonians, is they were transformed by the truth. They received it, but that reception produced transformation in their life. It changed them. Look at, again at our text in 4, 1 Thessalonians 4 and verse 1. It says, Furthermore, then, we beseech you, brethren, and exhort you by the Lord Jesus, that as ye have received of us how ye ought to walk and to please God. That ought, that does, that, um, they received it and they were transformed by it. They received what they were te- being taught. And we see here, the truth is designed to transform us. It's designed, that's its purpose, is to change us. The Bible says the truth shall make you free. 
The truth liberates us. Uh, the truth is to transform us. I just think of, of that phrase there, how ye ought to walk. They received it. Their lives were changed by the truth that they had been given. Paul taught them the truth that how they lived might be corrected. In other words, there were things in their life that weren't what they ought to be. And Paul was giving them the truth and Timothy and others so that it would be corrected. It would be changed in their life. In verse 13, we read that verse, uh, Thessalonians 2.13. It says at the end, the word of God which effectually worketh also in you that believe. The word of God was having a transformation, a transforming work in their lives. We see that the truth, uh, we see that in other ways, that the truth transformed. I think of the gospel. I love it when I see the power of the gospel transform a person's life. The truth, when it changes a person's life and they become a new person. It's an amazing thing. And that illustrates this fact that the truth transforms a person. Now, the Thessalonians were a great example. They received it and they were transformed by the truth. You know, it is very dangerous when we hear the truth and do not allow our lives to be transformed. It's dangerous when we time and time again hear the truth of God's word, but resist it and harden our heart towards it. That is dangerous. And if we are going to abound more and more, if we are going to remain and continue in the truth that we have been given, there needs to be this transformation that the truth is continually making in our lives. Now, this truth, I think, points a great picture to us. You know, we need people in our life that says, this is right. Nope, that's wrong. Here, Paul and others were telling them, this is what, how you need to live. And we need those kind of people in our life. We need to be grateful and thankful for that. And as God uses them, we need to allow our lives to be transformed. So we see that the truth is designed to transform us. But we see also that the truth, that this transformation has a definite goal. Look again at our text. It says, how ye ought to walk and Please God. You know, is that the goal of your life? To bring glory to God. That your life would be a, a sweet-smelling savor to God. That your life would be something that God delights in. That how you're living, how you're responding to the truth is something that God delights in. That ought to be us here today. There has a definite goal. Paul was aiming to perfect, to correct those things in their life to make these believers complete so that they would please God with their life. And in many ways, that's what uh, a Bible college can be used for, is that to perfect those things in our life so that our lives are pleasing to God. And thank God for the, uh, the situation and the circumstances you're in. God wants to use those to change your life so that you can better please and walk with God. Now, I think of... Uh, my dear parents, as a great example of people who were transformed by the truth. In June of 1978, God led them to McQuanagan, Wisconsin. They weren't coming here because of a church that was just being started. No, they just had a dream, kind of a dream. To, they had two kids, a boy and a girl. They were, thought that was all the children they were going to have. And they were going to come up here, get a good job, and just kind of live a good life. 
But the day after they moved in, our pastor and Dr. Rick, missionary Rick Simonson knocked on their door, and uh, they had a long conversation. The next day, they were in church, and my parents were not the strongest. They had been saved, but they were not well-grounded in the Word of God. They were not uh, the Word of God, and the importance of a local church was not a priority in their life. But as they opened their heart and received the truth, that they had been taught year, day, Sunday after Sunday, their lives were transformed. And I just think of them in my life as a great example of allowing the truth to transform their lives. And how grateful I am for the testimony and the example that they have been, but in, in allowing God to transform their life. So we've seen here they received, the Thessalonians, they received the truth that they had been given. But they didn't just hear it. They didn't just uh, go in through the ears. No, they received it with their heart and with joy, and it transformed their life. Now, when a person receives the truth and allows it to transform them, there is now an important responsibility to continue in that truth. And this is my third point. And I really think uh, this is what Paul is driving to here in this text. And really the text... Per, uh, point I want to drive home here this morning is we see it here. Uh, thirdly, they continued in the truth. That was Paul's desire for them to continue in the truth. They received of us how you ought to walk and to please God. Paul says, so ye would abound more and more. Abound more and more. They recognized this sacred entrustment that Paul and Timothy, Timothy had given them. They gave them the truth. And they recognized that that was a sacred entrustment that they had been given of the truth. You know, and every time we are given the truth, we are held responsible for that. There is a responsibility that we now have to receive and allow that truth to be held onto. But there was a sacred entrustment. I think of that word, abound. They weren't just going to be flippant about the truth that they had received. They weren't just going to let it go to the wayside. No, they were going to abound. They were going to keep it. They were going to handle the truth carefully that they had been given. There was an attitude of commitment to the truth. Paul and these others that were instructing them and teaching them, they received it and they held it very dearly. It wasn't just flippant. And uh, let's turn to a couple verses that I just want to look at here that help drive this truth home. 1 Timothy chapter 3. First Timothy chapter 3 and... I'm sorry, 2 Timothy 3 and verse 14. 2 Timothy 3.14, it says, But continue thou in the things which thou hast learned and hast been assured of, knowing of whom thou hast learned them. He, Paul says, Continue thou in the things which thou hast learned and hast been assured of. In other words, this is something sacred I'm giving you. Don't let it go. Continue in it. Abound in it. Like the Thessalonians, Paul's desire for the Thessalonians was. Look at 1 Timothy chapter 6 and verse 20. I love this verse in Paul's charge to Timothy. 
He says, O Timothy, keep that which is committed to thy trust. It was entrusted to Timothy, and Paul was saying, keep it. Hold it in great reverence. Hold it sacredly, this truth that you have been given. And there, so we need to see this sacred entrustment abound more and more. Now, young people, can I plead with you that the truth, you need to hold it in reverence. You need to see it as a sacred entrustment. This isn't just uh, somebody's idea. No, it's the Word of God. It's the truth that's eternal. It's the Word of God that has been given to us. And we need to see it as a sacred entrustment. And we need to hold it dearly. It grieves my heart whenever I hear of either people that I know or uh, even some that uh, I even went to school with. And many of them didn't ever graduate. But to see where they are now and to see how they pushed aside the truth that they were given. They did not hold the truth as a sacred entrustment. As Paul urged Timothy to keep and to continue in the truth that they had been given. So a sacred entrustment. Do you see the truth you have been given as a sacred responsibility to keep it and to pass it along? Do you see that? Do you sense the weight of your responsibility in receiving the truth and allowing God to use you to hold it and to move it forward? So they continued in the truth. There was a sacred entrustment they saw, but also we see there was a definite direction. He says, back in our text, you can look there, 1 Thessalonians 4.1, that as you have received of us how ye ought to walk and to please God, so ye would abound more and more. There was a definite direction, more and more. It was a forward progress. It was an upward movement. It wasn't just holding steady. It wasn't going backwards. It wasn't compromising. No, it was Paul wanted them to go more and more, to abound more and more. They wanted that, he wanted this truth to transform them even more and continually to transform them even more. So a definite direction. In many ways, it seems like the direction today is less and less. How can I compromise or how can I change it so it's less and less? No, the attitude in our lives ought to be more and more. I don't want to go backwards. I want to go forward. I don't want to compromise. I want to go forward in my stance, in my convictions, in what God's Word says. You know, the pressure to compromise is very real. You know, I'm just a few years out of Bible college, and you know what? The pressure is very real. It's something that cannot be denied, or uh, we cannot res uh, somehow deny that truth. No, there is that pressure. It's all around us today, and I guarantee it. Every one of you either are, probably are, or for sure will someday, very soon, face that pressure to compromise. It's just uh, sad for me to see people that I've known. And when they just kind of go out on their own, it seems like the truth had no impact on their life. It seems like somehow it didn't have any impact or transformation. They didn't see it as a sacred entrustment, and they so quickly let it go. No, the attitude needs to be more and more. 
You know, it's all around us. You know, we don't need to compromise. We have the Word of God. It tells us what's right. We need to stand on it. We don't have to compromise. We, don't, we have the Spirit of God to enable us to stay true and faithful. You know, we don't have to compromise in the doctrine that we have been taught and that the Word of God teaches. We don't have to compromise in the matter of salvation, in the gospel. It's the power of God. It has the power to change lives. We don't have to compromise in the spirit of today to just not really stand for anything. Uh, these churches today that have no convictions, that have a very, uh, that just are very weak. You know, we need to have a strong conviction on the doctrine, the truths of the Word of God, on holiness. That ought to be very important to us, and we ought to be abounding more and more. That matter. These are just important, tangible things. Many in many cases, but the music today. You know, we don't have to cave in to the pressure today. We don't have to adopt the contemporary sound and the style that is the pressure to do today. We don't have to. We can, Paul wanted them to abound more and more, and that ought to be our desire here today. In the area of dress and of other things, you know, we don't have to compromise. We have the truth. We need to abound more and more. Is that the direction of you here this morning? More and more. You know what, if that's not your direction here in Bible college, it's not going to be your direction when you get out of Bible college. You're not going to all of a sudden change and think, okay, now I'm really going to stand for what's right and I'm going to move forward in my life. No, it needs to be right now. The direction in your life now needs to be more and more. It ought to be evident to your roommates, to your classmates. That guy's moving forward. That young lady, she's grabbing a hold of the truth and she's allowing it to transform her. She's moving forward. You know, it's always uh, shocking to me when I see people come to Bible college and they go back home and they go back to many of the things that they were before they came to Bible college. That's not abounding more and more. You know, they go back to maybe the kind of music they used to listen to or the kind of dress. That's not abounding more and more. There needs to be a clear, definite direction in our life of moving forward in our life. You know, we need to have this commitment to the truth. We need to believe the Bible. We need to believe all of the Bible. That ought to be our attitude. So today, what is your direction? More and more? Or is it less and less? Have you just been kind of holding the line? No, it needs to be definite and clear. Paul wanted them to abound more and more. He wanted them to thrive. He wanted them to flourish more and more. And that is God's desire for you here this morning. You know, what is your direction today? Is there a clear, definite direction of going forward? I wonder, what will your direction be in 10 years? In 20 years? Will it be more and more? Will it be going forward? Will people that you went to school with look at your life and your ministry and say, they're going forward? And you'll be an encouragement to others to go forward. Is that the direction of your life here today? So we've seen uh, number three here. They continued in truth. They saw this sacred entrustment. They had a definite direction. But I think we cannot deny the context of the whole book of 1 Thessalonians. And from that, we see there was a certain expectation. 
the coming of the Lord. This whole context of this book is that Jesus is coming again. And Paul wanted them wanted to perfect that which was lacking in their faith. He wanted to see them grow. He wants them to abound more and more till the day that Jesus comes. And that's the context we find this passage, a certain expectation. These Thessalonians were well aware of the fact that Jesus was coming again. And look at the verse right before our text, 1 Thessalonians 3, 13. To the end he may establish your hearts. He was perfecting. He was wanting them to grow. To end he may establish your hearts unblameable. You know, if you're going less and less, you're going to be, you're not going to stand before God unblameable. No, you'll be judged for that. He wanted them to, stand, to establish your hearts unblameable in holiness before God, even our Father, at the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ with all his saints. Now look, it goes right into verse 4. Furthermore then. This is all in the context that of a certain expectation that Jesus was coming again. This truth was motivation for them to continue in the truth, to abound more and more. And young people, that ought to be an encouragement to us today, to abound more and more because Jesus is coming again. And that confident, certain expectation that he is for sure coming, we want to be found ready. We want to be there unblameable in holiness before him. Boy, what a shame it would be if we're going backwards. What a shame if 20 years down the road we've compromised and uh, changed things in our life and Jesus comes. What a shame that would be. He wanted them to abound more and more because Jesus was coming again. Now, friends, we live in a great day, a great day of opportunity. There are, I'm just thrilled with even opportunities God has given me to have an impact. One of the things, one of the, my favorite things I have just enjoyed doing since I got out and actually I started it when I was in my fifth year is, or I think so, the Bible study at our high school in town. The door is just wide open. I'm just so thankful for that opportunity. And now we've been doing it for five years. We've seen people saved. There's people in our church today because God has used that and have opened doors. They're all around us. There's great opportunities. But you know what? In a dark day, in a confused day, the world needs people that are committed, needs Christians that are committed to the truth. We don't need to fall with the compromise of today. We don't have to fall to the pressure. No, we need people that are committed, that are abounding more and more. I wonder here today, who will embrace that sacred entrustment that you have been given of the truth? Do you sense the weight of that responsibility? It's a great opportunity. It's wonderful. But do you sense the sacredness and the entrustment that has been given you to hold dearly onto the truth and not let it go? I wonder here, who here today will desire and pursue that direction of more and more. Maybe you've been slipping recently. Maybe your walk with God. Maybe your uh, time in the Word has been slipping. And it needs to be switch to more and more. That direction in your life. I wonder who here today, with the help of the Holy Spirit, will decide to abound more and more 
until Jesus comes. And I trust that some here, if you haven't already, will make a definite commitment to the Lord to be that kind of person that receives the truth, that's transformed by it, but continues, is always abounding in the work of the Lord, abounding more and more till Jesus comes. Let's pray. Oh, Lord, we trust with the help of your Spirit that this truth that you have worked in my heart and uh, have seen the significance and the importance of, Lord, may your Spirit use it and impress upon the hearts of these dear people today. And may, from this point, there be people that have commitment and decision that they are going to follow that direction, that pattern of abounding more and more. God, I pray that you would strengthen, equip, and empower these dear young people to be that kind of person. We need that today. Our world needs it. Uh, the confusion and the darkness of our day needs young people, needs people that will stand for the truth. And I trust that you will do that work in each life here today. We pray these things in Jesus' name.